Welcome to the Dr. Fitness USA show, Exercises Medicine, Strength Training is Stronger Medicine with your host, Batista, and myself as the co-host, Dr. Fitness USA. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dr. Fitness USA, the show. Today, we have another spectacular episode with an amazing guest. His name is Leif Manik, and he's a human optimization coach and founder of Gray Fox Consulting, where he guides business leaders to transform their businesses and their lives. Leif is a national board certified health and wellness coach and a certified integrative health coach from Duke School of Integrative Medicine. However, his broad expertise was built on and around Wall Street as a leadership development expert and human capital management consultant with highly complex global organization like American Express, Pfizer, and Deutsche Bank. Welcome, Leif. We're so excited to have you on our show today. Thank you, Batista. I'm so happy to be here. Hello, Stephen. Good to see you both again. So from Wall Street to health and wellness coach for business leaders, how did that happen? What's your story? Sure. So, you know, I was listening to that uh, profile, that bio, and I was thinking, wow, it's, it, you know, just, uh, you know, it wasn't always that way. Um, 14 years ago, I will tell you that I was that guy. Um, I was that guy who had the external uh, appearances of success, but who was suffering inside. And I had the job on Wall Street, an apartment in Brooklyn Heights. I had a summer share on Fire Island. And so by outward appearances, I had it, I had it all going on. Uh, and I taught leaders at the highest levels of organizations how to lead better and how to manage their people that was my that was my job on wall street but the truth was that i couldn't lead myself um, i was impulsive i was rash um, and i suffered from the traumas and dramas of my past and how this manifested in my life was i ended up getting sick and I got so sick that I wasn't just burned out. I was catatonic. That was the diagnosis that my team of medical doctors um, gave to me. And I remember one day stepping out from my therapist's office on to East 12th Street with these two sheets of paper and looking at them. And they had all my medical diagnoses, the life-threatening medical diagnoses and, you know, all sorts of problems, a list of about 15 medications. And at the very top, it said medical catatonia. And I just remember thinking like, but this is my life. Like, how, how did I, how did I get here? And uh, I went home and, and, you know, and then things got worse. Um, one of the treatments that I was on a medication to treat one of the most life-threatening illnesses I faced um, failed and it nearly cost me my eyesight. 
And because I thought I was an addict at that time, I did what addicts do. And I went out and used drugs to escape the feelings. And if you've ever been in that spiral, you know, after, after a time, they stop working. And so I, at that point, I, I decided that I would cash it in. I thought, I, this, is, this is not working. I felt trapped. There was nowhere to go. I had reached the limits of Western medicine and, and I was done. And so I gathered up all the pills in the, in the home and sat down with a bottle of champagne and, and, and drank them down watching, watching New York one. My, you know, through a, a strange set of circumstances an ex who had a set of keys of mine uh, found me and I ended up in the hospital and as I was there in the hospital in my, in my hospital gown, reflecting on what had just happened, uh, I just remember the, the white patient band around my wrist and just staring at it. And it reminded me of a surrender flag. And I kept saying to myself over and over again, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. And I realized while I was in the hospital that I didn't really want to die I just no longer wanted to be that guy. I no longer wanted to be that guy who was out of options, who couldn't make his life work, whose body was, was failing him, uh, you know, friends leaving him. I just no longer wanted to be that guy. So when I got out of the hospital, the first thing I did, well, the first thing I did was, if you've ever been in the hospital, you know the food is awful. So I went and got a hamburger. And as I was eating that hamburger, I made a decision that I would go live whatever life I had left. This was a declaration. It was a, you know, I no longer want to be that guy. I'm going to go live whatever life I have left. And so I set off on a journey um, that took me traveling around the United States for six months. And I took with me a, a drum. Um, I had been uh, practicing shamanic drumming with a teacher for a little while and I, and I went into nature and I drummed and I screamed and I cried and I pleaded and I let it all out. And over time, I started to heal. I started to get, to get better. And I'll tell you that experience, that, that collection of experiences is why I am so passionate about helping leaders to optimize their lives so that they can have greater impact in the world and, and do more good. So look, my vision is that uh, you decided to lose yourself or find yourself by going into the forest or into nature, and you took uh, a symbolic tool, the drumming. And so what I want to know is, so I have that vision. You're like the silent warrior. I want to have the vision how you marched out of the forest and started to change things differently than you were doing before. You mentioned that you're not that guy. So now you're in the forest. You're clearing your chakra zones. You're clearing your mindset. You're impacting your body with being grounded in nature. So what emerged as that new guy? Did you have a visualization? Was it an internal feeling? What was the step that got you out of the forest and into the mainstream of life? 
That's a that's a good question. The moment that I can that I can point to that changed things for me, and it came in Joshua Tree. Um, and I had I had gone to Joshua Tree National Park, and if you've ever been, it's a it's a stunning park, and there are boulders everywhere, and there are the Joshua trees, which were the you know which were inspirational to Dr. Seuss those 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 trees. So it's really quite stunning. And I was in the park. And a friend of mine said, you know, it's all about the boulders. So get some shoes and, and climb up the boulders and go, go to the boulders. And so I did just that. And I, and I climbed up, I don't know, maybe 100 feet, 50 feet, somewhere in there, right? 75 feet, however high. And I walk out towards the ledge and my mind starts going with the fear, right? What if there's an earthquake? What if there's a strong wind that blows you over? Right. And I can feel my like my my heart starting to beat faster. And it's coming up with stranger and stranger scenarios in my head. And I take a step back and I hear on the wind, fear is not trusting yourself or not trusting God, the universe, whatever that energy that you want to place in there. And I remember then just being able to take a deep breath and step towards the ledge of that boulder. And I thought, do I trust myself? Yes. Do I trust the universe? Yes. I feel that I am being guided. We live in such a beautiful land. It was so beautiful that I became overwhelmed with uh, emotion and I started crying and I started weeping um, for the beauty. That moment for me feels like the moment where I fell back in love with life. And that was the first step for my healing journey. That's a beautiful story that you just said. It sounds like you had a very powerful spiritual awakening. Now you're transformed. You had that a moment of clarity and now you you decide, okay, I'm going to go back to New York and start my life over or I'm going to change my job. I mean, you know, you just like went through this whole experience. And so how did that happen? Um, so it was, it was not an immediate step for me. It was, you know, my... My personal process has been has been slow. It's been slow and steady and incremental, and sometimes two steps forward and three steps back. Um, that's been that's been my experience. And I'm going to ask you. It says healing, curing, and optimism. Is there a way to enlighten us with the your definition of what those three terms mean? Yeah, so um, so healing, curing, and optimizing. Healing to me very much feels like coming into balance and homeostasis, right? Healing does not necessarily mean that you will be cured. Curing is very, you know, is about removing, right? It's about eliminating that 
disease, that illness, that virus, that dis-ease from the body. That where we get into problems in today's world is that we're focused on the pill that's going to cure, but so many people don't embark on that healing journey. Illness, disease, disease, in my opinion, is a teacher. And when we battle and fight them and kill them, we are not learning the lessons. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. Optimizing for me is about taking the good that is there and making it better, right? Optimizing it. And it feels more growth oriented to me, the optimizing. We come from nature. We are a part of nature. We are not separate from. And so to come into those um, biorhythms and the chronotypes and into the cycles and the seasons of our bodies at whatever stage of life that we are is for me, one of the foundations of optimizing is right there. I love this topic of optimization. Can you talk to us about, in a practical sense, what do you do to optimize this human vehicle? A, a few things. One is just a, a, a foundation of health. If I have a routine. I, I have a gratitude practice, and it's a great way to start the day. Um, and then I have tea, and I write, and I get things off my chest, and, and then I and then I spend time in nature. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big hiker. I'm, a, I'm an avid outdoorsman. I love to be outdoors, and that is my time to center myself and clear my head and to, uh, yeah, come into, come into myself. You know, I, I've worked with an anti-inflammatory, uh, diet for a number of years to reduce the inflammation throughout my body. That's the foundation. Then there's the strength training. I've been going to the gym since I was, uh, well, probably younger than 18 years old, but I think that was the, my first gym membership right now. I'm at, I'm at a place where I'm 52 and I'm very interested in actually taking up some uh, deeper strength training to really go deeper into it. Pushing yourself to be uncomfortable is, I feel, one of the most powerful tools that we have to optimize ourselves. So, you know, in our strength training programs, we teach people never to do anything that's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and we teach ergonomics and this is one of the ways we get for people to increase their strength by 50 percent steven can you talk about that the key word here is ergonomic strength training because people say oh i strength train but do they ergonomic strength training and do they have a structure Stephen Hersey's experience of going into the gym and watching how men train is short of killing themselves. They're, they have the wrong sequence, the wrong weight, the wrong posture. They, have, they don't have, listen, they don't have a Google map. So they're kind of lost. So Dr. Fitness USA provides the Google map so they can get on the right track, increase their strength, strengthen their nervous system, and Take all the effort and knowledge that you've acquired over the years and take it to the next level. But they got to be directed by you. 
So we see uh, Leaf in the gym, and he's just about to handle cold steel. What does that feel like to you? Oh, it feels awesome. Ah, I, there we I go. I love it, man. I, I love it. I don't see the two as being um, incongruent. Overtraining, putting your body into positions that hurt and that make you physically uncomfortable is very different than pushing you out of your comfort zone um, for intentional periods of time. Like I, I love the gym. I push, I do push myself. And, and sometimes it's like, it's like, and it's more uncomfortable up here than it is, than it is down here. Yeah. So we can tell the audience, whoever's listening, when uh, Leaf talks about pushing himself, if he was doing uh, an exercise, such a, a deadlift that grounds his body, he might be doing 225 pounds and he might decide to push himself and then add five or 10 pounds. He's not going to add 300 pounds and have somebody scream at him so that he could uh, be uh, at a higher level. He's using increments of weights as a biofeedback to tell him that through his relaxation and his meditation that he can do more than he did yesterday. And I can say that's a satisfaction that a lot of people ought to be feeling. So I wanna know how you take that experience and get men who are used to bees to take action, join a membership and go into a gym and follow your lead. Greeks talked about um, the, the male need for physical fitness and the male need for that, um, uh, you know, ability to challenge each other and to be in competition with each other as part of the the male the male makeup, and we're losing we're losing some of that in today's society. And I don't mean to take away from any of the you know the good stuff that is happening, and we're losing um, we're losing what it means to be men and what it means to be male and and i and i just i i see that i see this in in men showing up um wounded and devastated and living small lives and cheating on their wives and cheating on their husbands and you know embezzling at work and doing bad things you know because we're, we're lacking these, these spaces for, for men to be, to be men. That's what most people don't know is that uh, when you ask a man about his feeling, that's actually a silent uh, world and he can't really answer that question. In order to answer that question, I would say to Leaf, what do you think is the solution or the stepping stone to get men to take action so that they can masculinize their body and their mind to take action on the teachings that you spend time and energy and life experiences teaching them. So let's talk a little bit about your work. Yes. Uh, how, what do you do and how do you, because you're a health coach, wellness, so, and you uh, help uh, business leaders, 
maximize their potential. So tell, tell us about that. How do you incorporate all that live experience and what do you do exactly with your clients? Sure. So I like to tell people that I'm in the business of uh, human transformation. And I work primarily with business owners who have created or built their dream business and a monster that sucks the life out of them. Uh, and these folks, my clients are generally at a pivotal point in their business where they are looking to make a change, whether it is to scale their business, sell their business, um, prepare it for, you know, transfer down the generations um, or to, in, uh, or to take it to, to a new level. Um, so my work really plays at the intersection of leadership and performance and health. Um, I come out of leadership development. That's what I did on, on Wall Street, uh, human capital management. I taught leadership to the highest levels of the organization and consulted some of the top companies in, in the world on, on how to um, how to identify the best and brightest and get them into the higher levels of the organization. My healing journey has influenced me tremendously. And what I realized out of that is that is that so many leaders are out of alignment. They're unhealthy, right? They're overweight, they're drinking too much, smoking, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And that is wasted energy and wasted opportunity. Um, and so my work is really about helping to transform leaders. And I have a saying that transform yourself and transform your business. And so I work with on three levels with, um, uh, with leaders, which is first aligning the self, which is that deep transformational work. I'm informed by my, you know, by science and neuroscience, also with indigenous wisdom and science, um, which modern science is only now beginning to catch up with the wisdom of our ancestors. Bring clarity to them, reimagine and recreate their relationship with their work, then bring that out to their team. Vitally important, particularly for business owners to, to have an optimized team. Um, so self, team, and then organization. And we get the organization going in the right direction and prepare it for what's next. Too many consultants, too many spiritual advisors, guides, uh, trainers, whatever you want to say, don't say the thing that they're thinking, right? Don't say the thing that's on their mind, aren't honest with their clients for fear of pissing them off, right? And what I tell my clients is I am, I'm not your friend. I have a number of clients that I say, I love you too, but I tell them I'm not, you know, I'm not your friend. I'm here. I'm your coach. I'm here for you to get the results that you're looking for, right? I'm, I'm interested in helping you to create the mindset, um, habits, resources, and structure for your life to get you to the outcome that it is that you desire. What I would like to ask you, Leif, is three takeaways for the audience. Three takeaways. First, you've got to be able to lead yourself before you can lead anyone else. 
that for me is, is doing that um, deep personal work to come into alignment, to come into a place of integrity and integration within yourself that gives you the grounding to handle the chaos of the world that is that is uh, flying around us. And we live in a very complicated and complex world and it's only and it's only going in one direction. The second piece of advice that I have is what got you here won't get you there. <clears throat> so when you're at that point in life where you're where you've, you know, you're on the hamster wheel or maybe you're feeling a little bit comfortable about things, or com comfortably uncomfortable, you know, you're working too many hours and in that routine, the skills that you need are not the ones that you have. Um, so it's time to change it up and to learn a new skill set. And I would actually say it's an opportunity to become a new person. It's about becoming a new identity. So ask yourself, who do I want to become? And, uh, and work backwards from there. Um, and the third piece of uh, advice that I have is hire a coach, you know, hire a coach, hire a trainer, um, find the, a mentor, um, build a life team, create those friendships with those people that you would like to become. Um, you know, it's not, it's not just about uh, the money exchange, right? It's about finding those people who can guide you and the right people, people who are going to be honest with you. And like Steven said, who are going to tell you, you need to work out, right? You need to make a change. Your family's going to leave. Your business is going to fail. If you don't make a change, like you're, you're going to lose it if, if we don't make these changes. Um, so find those people and surround yourself with them. Those are my three tips. Excellent. So where can people find you? What's your website? Sure. So my website is leafmonique.com. That's my name and it will be in the, in the show notes. Uh, the primary social media um, platform that I'm on these days is LinkedIn. So you can also find me on LinkedIn by searching my name. Great. Is there any last words, anything that we forgot to ask or that anybody wants to say? I just want to say thank you so much for this opportunity and the conversation. Um, I look forward to more. So it's been another episode of the Dr. Fitness USA's show. Thank you so much, Lee, for being here with us today. And um, until next time, bye-bye. Welcome to the Dr. Fitness USA show, exercises, medicine, strength training is stronger medicine with your host, Batista, and myself as the co-host, Dr. Fitness USA.